This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Get the little ones, sit back, relax, and listen to the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. Chapter 10 The alert siren in the cargo hold began to wail, and the emergency lights began to flash in triple time, which was reserved for systems crises rated between levels 8 and 14, which was catastrophic failure. Major Bebe knew all of this, as did her squad, and the instant the ringing began, they slammed their helmets back on and prepped their sidearms for immediate use. Seconds later, when the door burst open and the robot wheeled in at high speed, at least six of the guns were pointed at it, but no one fired. Whoa, whoa, whoa! The robot cried, raising most of its many hands and waving them around in a deeply unprofessional manner that made the Major frown. What is it? What's happening? She snapped, sprinting toward the main door, which stood open for the first time since her team had boarded this madhouse of a ship. Radiation spike, the robot said, pulling itself together. The captain thinks we might have lost reactor containment. As one, the major and her team checked small black devices that each wore in their utility belts. The light was a cheerful green. I get a negative reading, she said, looking around to see if there were any dissenting opinions and seeing none. Are you sure? The robot said, wishing the computer could hack the radiation detectors a little faster. It was rolling this way. Maybe you should check again... now? Major, a voice said, alarmed. Positive reading here! And here! Around the room, the mood changed quickly as the green lights changed to a much more sinister red. What happened? We don't know, the robot protested. The captain is trying to lock it down. You need to get your men to the escape pods. I can't abandon ship without a direct order from a level three or above, Major Beebe protested. You aren't ejecting, the robot argued. Just using the bulkheads of the pods as a radiation shield until the captain can run decontamination. She nodded. Fall in, men. Bring the prisoner. Negative, the robot said, flapping his arms excitedly. The pods are only rated for six each. It's against regulations. But my prisoner, Bebe protested, will be guarded by available non-organic crew as per emergency protocols section 3591. The Major snapped to attention and saluted. All hail the universe, she said gravely, handing over her sidearm to the robot. All hail the universe, the full squad chanted. Yes, good, the robot said, taking the pistol awkwardly. Take the corridor to the left, end of the hall. Hurry. Double time, men, Major Bebe ordered, and the squad ran out in a total panic that was somehow also completely orderly. Don't forget to close the doors, the robot called as they left. He turned. To the prisoner. Hi, he said. The small girl growled like a dog. Release me, or I will take that pistol and ram it up your... All right, that's enough of that, 
the robot said, setting the pistol down on the other side of the room near the door. How about we just put that down over here? And I am going to let you out, but not because of your jab-dark behavior. Bix Banderson sent me. The guy from the vent? Is he really the captain? Sometimes it surprises me a little bit, too. The robot scuttered the length of the room toward the prisoner. My name is Echo. Robots don't have names. This one does, and it's Echo, and I'm rescuing you, so be nice. I'm Thera, Princess of the Slorda, chosen people of Grathal. Do we need to worry about these sirens? They're uncomfortably loud, if that's what you mean. Echo shrugged as he unlocked the girl's restraints. But otherwise, they're completely fake. There's no radiation. Did you hear that? She asked. Hear what? Echo said, shaking his head. A tall man in a guard's uniform kicked open a vent cover at the far end of the room and rolled into the room, grabbing Echo's discarded gun in the process. Freeze! He shouted, pointing the gun frantically at the small girl and the slightly smaller robot. Echo paused a moment and made a small noise like he was clearing his throat. Look out! Radiation! Nice try, traitor! Corporal Aldous Porknean said, pointing the gun, his finger white upon the trigger. Some rescue this turned out to be. Thera said, disgusted. I knew he was there the whole time. Echo said coolly. He's the thirteenth man. I just wanted to see what he would do. We had a little bet. Bet on this, the man said, pulling the trigger hard. Nothing happened. At all. The man tried again. The safety lock is on, moron, Echo said. Now drop it and come quietly. The thirteenth man seemed to consider that for a moment before turning to the door and running out at full speed. Oh, znib, the robot swore and called into his communicator. Captain, you're about to have company. Come on, stupid robot. Thera snapped, pushing past him and running to the door. I'm done being rescued today. You're rude, Echo said. I like you. Corporal Aldous Porknean raced down the hall to the left where he had heard the robot send the squadron of guards. This was it. His big chance to redeem himself by solving the mystery of Baker Fitz 74 Theta, and he had almost blown it by waiting too long. This was bigger than an impossible systems error. This was a conspiracy against the universe itself. This might even be a cybernetic revolution. He would get a medal for this, and a promotion, all to the greater glory of the universe. All hail the universe. He stopped running and almost slid into the wall. At the end of the hall in front of him, quietly locking the doors to the escape pods, stood a male of a small species of biped. It might even have been a child, though he did not carry himself like any child Aldous Porknead had ever known. Porknead raised the pistol he had stolen from the robot. Hands in the air, he said. The small man turned, but did not raise his hands or even look particularly interested. He was wearing a green-gray uniform shirt adorned with strange badges, the like of which Porknean had never seen, with a red bandana around his neck. You broke a lot of rules getting here, he said. I'm interested to know what kind of man does that. Who are you? Porknean said, the gun shaking in his hand. Bix Banderson, Ranger Scout, came the reply. And you're a guest on my ship. This is not... Baker Fit 74 Theta. No, it isn't. This is the Freebird, best ship in the galaxy. And you're the window looker from Thraxis 8. Welcome aboard. I am Corporal Aldous Porknean, loyal servant of the universe. Open those escape pods, Porknean said, extending the pistol as far as his arm would allow. 
The safety lock is still on, Dick said with a casual point of the gun. Where? Porknean asked, looking lost. Well, if you don't know, I'm certainly not going to tell you. Why don't you put the gun down before you embarrass yourself? Let me tell you what's going to happen, Corporal Porknean began. Exactly where he might have been going with this was lost to the mists of history when a folding metal chair smashed into the back of his head and knocked him to the ground. At once, three and a half feet of vicious Slordeth warrior princess began pounding his face until he lay very still, in spite of the mild protests of the captain. There don't... Look, I was... Okay, I had this... Thera! Okay, he's out cold now, Thera. You can stop! The small girl stopped punching and stood up, breathing hard, but otherwise undisturbed. I was actually trying to make friends with him, Bix said calmly. Then you're an idiot. Thera snapped. That's Captain Idiot, if you please. Bix looked up to address an unseen presence. Freebird, are we just about there? I don't want our cargo getting suspicious. Our proximity to inhabited space is within safe parameters, a female-sounding voice replied. The planet Acrona is less than 16 hours' travel. Who's that? Thera asked. First things first, Bix Banderson said, launching both escape pods one after the other. You didn't try very hard to make friends with them. Thera growled. They'll freeze and die in the blackness of space. Nah, Bix said, helping Echo to restrain the unconscious prisoner. We made a little detour. They're close enough to Akrona to send a distress call and get rescued, but not before we've taken out the Sector Command Center and saved the Earth. Taking out the command center? Thera was baffled. By yourselves? That's going to make a casual approach difficult, Echo warned. We'll either be coming in from the wrong course or very late. Thought of that? Didn't care. This is crazy. Thera protested. So are we. Bix agreed. That's why you're out of those chains and this guy is in them. Captain Banderson, the girl said urgently. I may have another way. The following message is for podcasters only. If you are a listener and not a podcaster, you are permitted to cover your ears and say la 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 for the next 30 seconds or so. Okay. Podcasters. La, 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 if you create la, la, audio drama and or comedy, you are invited to join the brand new Mutual Audio Network. Not only will your productions be showcased in a brand new Netflix-ish type of distribution, but you'll also share in resources from music to sound effects to voices to people saying la 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 la. For details, visit MutualAudioNetwork.com or inquire at MutualAudio at gmail.com. You can stop la-laing now. I can't hear you. Got my ears covered. La-la!